welcome to this week's episode of Marvelous, in which we will be talking about Loki, episode 4, The Nexus Event. I'm Abby, and I am delighted to be joined by Laura. Howdy. And Matthew. Howdy. Well, <laughs> howdy all indeed. It's great to be here. And what an episode that was, with a huge volume of content, stuff, Shock, surprise, multiple ending scenarios, and that post-credit sequence, um, which, I mean, we shouldn't start at the end, should we? At some point down the road, somebody say, okay, let's talk about the post-credit sequence, and then we will, and that will be great. Let's look forward to that. But meanwhile, Laura, what did you think? Oh my god, I am in. (laughs) So you're emotionally invested now. I am emotionally invested now. And what exactly is it that you are in? This had the drama and stakes and excitement. And it's actually, even before it started, this is the first time since Loki episode one, they had this little frisson of excitement before I started the episode because I just, before I sat down to play it, thought, oh, wait a second, this is episode four. This is when everything's meant to happen. Ooh. Um, this is when it's going to kick off. And it did. And it's the first Loki episode I've immediately wanted to watch back again. Couldn't, because work. (laughs) I'm in, baby. Matthew, how did you find it? Thoroughly enjoyed it. This is strong Marvel writing uh, in the the traditional Marvel sense. Twists and turns, exciting things happen and story is underway. But layered on top of that procedural detective stuff that I really enjoyed from some of the early ones. I don't think we got it quite so much on on that episode three. But in this, we could now see uh, Mobius working the problem and trying to figure out what was going on and then coming to realisations and and him and Loki having a sort of quasi-true detective relationship going on. You know, one's a cop and one's not, but they're working together for the greater good. It's good. I liked it. It's, uh, yeah, very much my my thing. It did make me realise how much I've missed, even though I enjoyed last week's episode, how much I've missed Owen Wilson and, and what a great presence he has in this show. What a... Wonderful performance. What a joy. Yeah, I cannot wait to see him in more episodes. Well, just on a jet ski. Better be. If (laughs) if there's not, at the very least, like a post-post-credit sequence somewhere down the road of Owen Wilson on a jet ski, I'm going to be very sad. (laughs) How did you find it, Abby? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I had so many problems. Um, (laughs) And and I think it's... This is weird, because, as you know, I've really super enjoyed it mm. so far. And then there were lots of bits, just just lots of parts in this episode where I found my brain wandering off. And then there were other parts where I found myself having to do a lot of work to, to make it work. And then I had spent about an hour after the first time I watched it. I, sp- I spent at least half an hour trying to work through my wife's various feelings about it. And no- another half an hour trying to work through my own to make it make sense Mm. and this is the problem with the weekly drop um you know i know it's supposed to be the advantage of it but i think very much the thing i'd enjoyed about loki up to this point is that i could just watch it Mm. and then it would be nice and Mm -hmm. then i would be happy (laughs) and that was really nice and then with this one i just found myself having to do so much thinking about it to make me just not lose my enthusiasm and I will say thank goodness for that post credit sequence which gave me a lot to come back to regularly I think we perhaps should jump into it because there's a lot of big conversation on it I was I was re-watching that because I just wanted to double check what they said to him um, 
and I was wondering how much of a debate do you think they had about whether to include it here or have it at some point in the next episode? I'm very glad they didn't. Hmm. Yeah. I think if they had killed off Loki and then left us for a week. A lot of people didn't see this sequence no. and yeah. thought they had. I was mm. genuinely, I, I saw your tweet, Matthew, you just like, no spoilers, there's a post-credit. It, really important and, post-credit. And I thought, mm. it wasn't very long, surely people, and then I went and looked in the tag and I was like, oh no. <laughs> you think if that had run for a week and then they bring him back, mm-hmm. I think that would have felt a bit cheap. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. I, I I feel like it's cheap on a character they have already killed twice, maybe three times, in a fake way or in a way that they have then brought him back. So well, at some we still point... we still don't know because they say you're not dead yet. Mm-hmm. Now that could be you're not dead yet because if you come with us in a kind of Terminator type way, come with me if you want to live. Mm-hmm. That is Terminator. Yes, it is. Okay, thank you. Yes. <laughs> not seen it for a very long time. Or it, it could be not yet, but you will be, but you've got some time to mm-hmm. have some impact on what's going on. So we don't know. Yeah. No, I agree on that. I'm thinking mostly because of Thor 2, where he pretends to be dead, and then he dies in Infinity War, but we've still got the character going on now. Yeah, I mean, as he, as he said, you know, we, we survive. That's what Lokis do. Mm. Which I thought was weird, because, you know, really? Do they? Well, he has so far. Yeah, he has. I think we're about to find out what happens to Loki's, be they Alligator or Quasi-Thor or Richard E. Grant. So, yeah, so I was reading up on this, and apparently that's a post-apocalyptic New York he's in, Mm -hmm. near the Avengers Tower, which I missed. I've got the Lokis. I've got Richard E. Grant, classic Loki. Jack. I had several texts. Thank you to everyone who contacted us just to share some of the joy because it was there in abundance. What was great, and I must tell you, is that um, I I managed to keep from Pegs that this was part of um, what was coming in Loki. And uh, and she had no idea. And it's obviously a significant Richard E. Grant fan. And just she got it as soon as the words appeared on on the screen. and, And he just, the first syllable, and she just sat up. And she went, is that? I was like, nice. Then we had to rewind and watch it again. (laughs) Then she noticed the alligator, Mm -hmm. um, who I would like to postulate is, um, in fact, a character influenced by Gummy from My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. Okay. What? What is Gummy? Gummy. Gummy is uh, Pinkie Pie's tiny gator. Um, If only I had. We have a figure of him, which in fact Pegs had in the pocket of her wedding dress as we walked down the aisle because he is like a little companion. He's lovely. But he has an existential crisis quite a lot because my little ponies have a symbol. I don't know if you remember from, you know, childhood, but they have a symbol on their flank. Yes, on their arse, um, which is a large storyline is made about this in uh, Friendship is Magic about how when you get your cutie mark as it's known um, and it defines who you're going to be as a person or does it um, but obviously being an alligator and not a pony Gummy never gets one Aww. so he has like a really existential crisis in one episode about being the gator flank forever blank and he just doesn't know who he is or what he's going to be in life and what is so nice is that it turns out he grows up to be Loki and I'm just <laughs> I love it. So what, what was Applejack's? Apples I know but what does that what does that say? Applejack, Applejack's family are apple farmers. Okay, so so it's not a personality thing necessarily. It's it's kind of about what you're going to do in life. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Yeah. Applejack yeah. was my favourite when I was. Oh really? Yeah. Oh nice, nice. Yeah, Applejack's a good character. Mm. Many strong episodes. Mm. Solid work ethic. Anyway, so we've got Richard E. Grant. <laughs> <laughs> so Richard E. Grant's there. Uh, from My Little Pony to With Now. <laughs> classic Loki from the 60s. Perfect. Uh, and I loved that his, he's in the, the yeah. comic book outfit that's slightly ill-fitting <laughs> in the manner of an older man. It's, it's a lot like Vision's Halloween costume, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Uh, it was, yeah. That was the same drop in the wardrobe department, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got Jack Veal playing Kid Loki. I'm not familiar with the actor. But Kid Loki's interesting to see. Is that Young Avengers? Yes, so he is one of the Young Avengers. Um, And they've got um, Diobia Opare, who's on the credits as boastful Loki, but that doesn't necessarily seem to match up with anything too much. And then, as you say, the alligator, who doesn't have a comic uh, counterpart, but I have seen him described Mm. as croaky. Which I really like, even though it's it's wrong because he's an alligator. I it like seems it. to be an a, an original edition. Yeah. Um, but I did notice that boastful Loki, as they may credit him, um, had the hammer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe had Mjolnir mm. or a version a of version. Mjolnir. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in that one. Yeah. And and I, I I like them having a new creation. I'm sort of I, I've been thinking this in the back of my mind for the last year or so. Mm. I I. I would like to see DC and Marvel introducing new, fully new characters. Let's have a new superhero in the world and something interesting they can write from scratch. Um, but to be fair, they also have such a wealth that they can mine. Why not mine it rather than risk a new thing? Yeah. Well, I suppose that that's part of the thing, isn't it? You know, taking very minor characters and hmm. re imagining them and i suppose that's that's been a lot of the mcu as well isn't it these are the characters but not but in an original way Mm -hmm. perhaps Mm. i suppose that's a tough line to walk so yeah it's abby with kid loki there's potential for young avengers because at the moment we've got wanda's kids Mm -hmm. billy and the other one uh kate bishop who's going to be in hawkeye ant-man's daughter cassie who i think is stature in the comics um, Isaiah Bradley's grandson, Patriot, and America Chavez, who will be coming in Doctor Strange. So, mm-hmm. looks like we're going that way. Cool. Yeah. So, yes, very curious to see what, what that all means. So, in, <clears throat> excuse me, in terms of that end credit sequence, I, I, I agree. I think I'm pleased it's there. It's left me with lots more questions. Yeah. And I think partially because it just has a hint of. Is Owen Wilson there as well? Yeah, that's what I was Does, does it have a hint of that? Is the purge stick thing um, actually a teleportation device? We talked about this instance? last week. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I did wonder if it might be. It's uh, that's how when they get the variants and wipe their minds that it's uh, mm-hmm. you don't you don't get sorry pruning isn't death. It's pruning that wiping. Was it, yeah. But that doesn't seem to be the case with. With Loki because he's woken mm. up and well we don't know he just looks shot. Mm. And and interesting it being an apocalypse or you know destroyed New York obviously scene of one of his great battles. Whether this is because of something he or a variant of him has done, so, yeah, interesting. Yeah, and I think you're right. It does leave you with a lot more questions, but 
I can also see why that might be a bit of a problem on the back of an episode which had already raised so many questions, on the back of another episode which also raised other questions which were mm. still not answered. Yeah. On the back of questions from the first two episodes, which I don't believe have been answered either, <laughs> we we are stacking up, if, if you look at the sacred timeline, we are stacking up variant <laughs> versions all over the shop. <laughs> but I think if you think of it as like the plot roller coaster, I think we're at the top now, and then it should be, five and six should be more answers, although if you've got two, um, um, season two coming, then probably not all of them. Or even just because it's the MCU, not all of them, because it'll lead into something else afterwards. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I, I find myself, I should have made a list, I think, of all the things I wanted answered. <laughs> I'm, I'm struggling to put my feelings into words. This is very unusual. I mean, this is not why you have people on podcasts, is it? They don't struggle to put <laughs> things into words, they're fluent. Um, <laughs> I think one of my issues this week was that I felt where there were collective scenes in the TVA, whereas previously I felt very clear about kind of the conversations that people were having with each other and the sort of directions and, and intra-TVA directives and things. I felt very clear on what was happening and where we were going. And this felt a lot more like when there were people in like the grey MCU world in WandaVision and they were just saying words. And there was, mm. there was one bit when, when Hunter... B2? B15? B15? B15, it's close. Hunter B15... So, so something about, you know, they're, they're, they're going off through time and space planning their massacres. And I was just like, really? Because those are just some words. And I don't think they are. And also, by the way, what happened about this massacre thing? Because now they're living in apocalypses. And also, what? So how does that join up? So I don't know if either of you can explain to me how we got from hunting variant doing crime to Sylvie hiding in apocalypses super unsuccessfully. No, she was very successful for a while. Yeah, but for a while. Well, I mean, for the majority of her life, because she says she grew up in apocalypses. Mm-hmm. I keep wanting to say apocalypse, which I know isn't right, but you know, it just doesn't <laughs> sound right, apocalypse. So, and I suppose the massacres, it's not actually so much Loki, it's more Sylvie, because when she was well, yeah. collecting the wreck cannons, she was killing off each team that came through of Minuteman. Mm which I suppose is going to be quite close to B-15's heart. So having collected all these things and bombed the timeline... That's what I don't know what the hell's going on. We don't seem to have mentioned the fact that the timeline's been bombed again. It feels like it must be deliberate. Yes, I think so. I don't think they just forgot. Interesting to drop it for two full episodes, but Mm -hmm. way to distract. There's a lot going on. I I have taken the early parts of this episode as something of an implication that they went and tidied it up. Okay. And are are returning things to normal, but that from Sylvie's perspective, it was a distraction to allow her to get into Timekeepers because she expected huge numbers of guards, huge security presence, mm. and that was how she was going to get to them. I think you're right, actually, because if you think when Ravonna and Mobius are having their drink and they're all case closed mm-hmm. and she's saying, yeah, chill, everything's great now. I assume the timeline isn't exploding all around the place while yeah. that's going on, yeah. so and I think they, you're right. But that was a bit quick. They watched images of the timeline that had that one coming off it that seemed to have been returned to Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Mm. To not use any words around it. The places they use mm. words in this episode are very interesting and what they use them for. And in some places mm. it just feels a bit like word salad. And in some places, I just didn't like it. And in other places, it's intriguing. 
I think I, I missed some of the depth and, and space that I had so enjoyed from people's conversations with each other. I did, I did like, um, why can't I remember anyone's name? Gugu and Bartha Raw. Ravona. That's why I can't remember it because her name is Ravona. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed her conversation with Mobius. Um, I find her completely inscrutable. Mm-hmm. Isn't she just? Mm. I, I was sort of trying to work this out before, and again, it's that thing that I think we complimented a lot in earlier episodes as well. That when you just don't have any information, you just can't really speculate. I mean, you can, but you are literally making it up, and that's again, it's quite nice. I have wondered if she is a Loki um, earlier, which which was quite fun, um, and then I wondered for a bit if I'm awesome. Was like jet ski Loki, like beach Loki, <laughs> which I thought was quite. <laughs> And then it's to... Loki's all the way down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Peg said that it couldn't be all the Lokis in the TVA because of the one that went and drank cocktails. And I was like, but what says? Who says a Loki can't go and drink cocktails in two thousand eight? In, in Midgard. Tower yeah. Pop. yeah. <laughs> and I do think that well, it's not a problem, but it is. It is a slight consequence of well, if a Loki can be anyone, then actually, <laughs> maybe. Um, maybe. 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 Should we talk about the timekeepers? Well, just on Ravana, do we think she knows everything? Because I think she knows a lot, but I don't know if she... I don't think she knew that those were androids. Well, this was kind of where I was yeah, okay. going with, with, with the timekeepers thing, because we don't get to see her deal with the android reveal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Specifically, like that is specifically not there because she's in and the I room, isn't she? But she's unconscious. Yeah, yeah. Want her back in? Just very much not considered yeah. by the camera. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was again, like talking about the sort of omissions, mm. the gaps in things. Mm. I thought that was quite interesting. Yeah, so maybe that will be a reveal to her next week. And then sort of seeing her as as being the hunter, if you like, um, mm. in that situation. Um, I mean, how did, you, how did you find the opening in Asgard? Oh, good. I was, I was thinking, God, what the hell happened? In the I know, there's so much in this episode. So you've got the, the opening in Asgard, um, yeah. young Sylvie, um, or pre-Sylvie, um, having a jolly good game, talking about Valkyrie and some dragons and some nice little Viking boat and all that. Lovely, lovely. Um, and then, no, Ravonna mm. arrives and... Yeah. I think it's kind of answered one of our questions in the point that we were talking about. So surely this the fact that you have a Loki that's so different to our Loki, then that isn't, this is when the timeline diverged because she's grown up. It, it didn't seem that she'd just appeared as is. Now we've seen, yes, actually she did grow up, but also that it wasn't her it wasn't like when she was born or anything that it was, oh, well, you're not a Tom Hiddleston, Loki, therefore you're yeah. a variant. It's it more, wasn't her existence. It wasn't her existence, what absolutely. She does. Something happened in her childhood, which we don't know yet, um, which was her actual time crime or nexus event or whatever. Um, so that does confirm this idea that we actually have a multiverse. And that that's fine as long as you don't do any nexus events. Yeah. And I mean, this episode being called the nexus event, did we see a nexus event? Is it did we? Is it which which one is it? Can I just touch on the thing with young Sylvie Stroke? Yes. Loki. Um, that for me is the most interesting question 
is what is her nexus event that caused them to come and get her? Is it that at that point she made a decision about the Valkyries and that was the thing that's going to diverge her to need pruning? Is it something that's happened before that? Is it just the prolonged existence of a non-Tom Hiddleston Loki? I'm quite interested. I, Ravonna Renslayer says, I don't remember what that was. She's lying. I, I suspect she remembers. In a, it was very reminiscent of one of the best moments in Mad Men where Don Draper is in the lift with a very junior employee and the junior employee says, I just feel sorry for you to Don Draper. And Don goes, I don't think of you at all. <laughs> <laughs> just so cold. And that I don't remember is just, I'm not going to give you the answers you seek. Brilliant. It's also um, mm. what Thanos says to Drax in one of the films mm. <laughs> that there are about this lot. <laughs> when uh, I Drax think, uh, is, yeah. is that Ronan yeah, the Accuser? He says, I don't remember oh, your, it, your wife. Yeah. Mm. Oh, is it? Yeah, no, but, but oh, the same Guardians idea. One. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Same team. To me, it was a Tuesday. Yeah. 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 Mm. But it's the same um, cold. In terms of the Nexus event we saw. Yeah. Something happened between our two Loki leads on Lamentis that caused a Nexus event. It's really? implied that them falling for each other, feeling something for each other, no. bonding with each other, something well, we're caused gonna have a to talk about this, aren't we? Caused a global, galactic, universal rise in narcissism that created a Nexus event. Something like that. Yeah, that's what. That's how they found them. It is I absolutely just, I, the Doctor Who get out of. But because I'm here, it creates a Nexus event. And but we th- get but out this is what I'm this. saying. It's words. It's rubbish. <laughs> it is rubbish. I'm sorry. I, that is people saying words and hoping it means something. I loved it. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I am genuinely glad that you loved it. I am holding an opinion until we get to the end of the series. Because I don't think we have necessarily fleshed out that relationship and no. that bit of the detail in it yet uh, between the two of them. And it's entirely possible there was something else going on that we're going to revisit in the manner of all time. But also, it's not it's not clear where this is going. I, th- I mean, I think I probably know where it is going because it's Disney, it's Marvel. But because Loki Loki is so damaged from mm-hmm. any kind of emotional standpoint that you know it doesn't necessarily mean romance um but i think that's probably the way they're gonna go but i mean there's a key bit is we don't know if sylvie rep- um reciprocates even no, even if that is nothing his there. rude no there's, yeah I, she she gives nothing at all not a shred not a look nothing <laughs> that really disagree. she's a good actress are you really? Yeah. Yeah, really? we talked yeah, about the... this we talked about this last episode. Well, I didn't I didn't see it last time and I don't see it now. Yeah. I, no, I, I, I mean I, I do see what I want to see to an extent and I do agree that even romantic Tom Hiddleston is like a very cold fish. But what? That's not where <laughs> I was going at all. I, don't know. I think I think I think it it see assuming they are going down that route and not just a you are someone special to me route then it seems quite clear on his side. What I think is up for question is her side. But I think there's definitely the there's enough building blocks. That if they did take it down that route, I wouldn't be like, well, where the hell did this come from? And again, I think once we were talking last week, the whole idea that who would Loki fall in love with himself? 
I, I like that. Talking again about omission, I just, I don't, I don't see it. I, I mean, Loki doesn't say things specifically. He, it's to me, it's heavily implied that he's going to tell her that he has some kind yeah, of feelings a, just before he's yeah, pruned. But she's just burst the timekeepers into an android. You want to make the man behind the curtain come out? You carry on with your Nexus event. I mean, he's Loki. Does, he has does Loki so he knows know what he's doing. That, that was the next well, what Loki remember. knows is that Owen Wilson has just had a... I, keep call, I can't call him Mobius <laughs> M. Mobius. I want to, but he's just so Owen Wilson. <laughs> Mobius M. Mobius has just had a whole tirade at him about your girlfriend and the thing. Oh, and yeah, the, yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, he, he couldn't have got any more words about girlfriend and insufferable, sickening love in there if he wanted to. Like, that that was a, a really odd tirade that, that felt very weird i didn't understand that at all um it just i didn't i didn't get it it was weird (laughs) it was weird to me it seemed quite weird to tom hiddleston um and then you know when loki's just kind of like can we get back to the storyline about that that's that's what makes me you know and also looking at loki's emotional reaction to mobius and mobius being a dusted transmuted sent into the ether yeah um he cries yes he doesn't even smile mm. when he sees sylvie again no but when he's told that she's dead he has a very strong reaction mm. mobius lies to him and says he's been pruned she's been pruned yeah but you're not he's just told her that locus survive he doesn't want to be wrong Oh wow, we have very different interpretations. <laughs> I'm saying what I want to see, and this is, and I told you, I spent a long time making this work because I really need this to work. I need this to not be a choice. And I think we, I'm not even sure it's going to be episode five, but I think by the end we will have more conclusive oh, yeah. what this discussion is. Like you, I, I hope it doesn't go down a romantic route, but I can see them doing it. But I'm hoping it's actually a they were both prepared to spend significant time of their lives with someone else. They wanted to be part of something greater, and that is being part of other Lokis. And yeah. I, I think is... that, yes, if you see the post-credit sequences, it's okay, Loki, you are not alone in the world. You are not the only Loki. Mm. Because we've seen Lokis, and we talked about this before, Lokis struggle for identity and belonging mm-hmm. in, has been a core theme of who he is. Mm. So not being the only Loki would make all of these comments about uh, being alone much more interesting. Mm-hmm. But it really is playing so explicitly into the language of a C-movie rom-com that I find it weird that given how subtle a lot of the writing has been, if that was your choice, if that was an active choice to use that language to give to, to describe Loki's first romantic relationship, I would just think it was crass and weird. <laughs> And it'll be interesting to see how they deliver on it. Yeah, I, I am very because curious. Because I, I, I suspect there's some misleading going on here somewhere. And I don't know exactly where. Because I'm being misled. I think I, I, think um, I could we'll see, see that it is one-sided. I think that is one hmm. route we could go. Because I think there's enough there, if the, as as we, we agree to disagree, I think there's enough there on her side if we did need to go. Her thought process not being as advanced on it as his is, perhaps. But mm-hmm. I could also see it being sort of one-sided. But then that does rather play into the idea that he is really alone, which is quite dark. Um, yeah, I am torn on the romance because of... Um, I need to caveat, I am a straight woman, so 
I am very not. I don't, I don't think you do. I think you're allowed to. No, I know. <laughs> and I'm going to continue and have my opinion and share it. Of course I am, Abby. But I do just but want I don't a caveat. Think you have to caveat that. is my point. I okay, don't think you cool. have to caveat. Okay. I choose to. Mm. So I am slightly torn on the romance because, yes, when I first, when we were talking about last episode, actually, when I first sort of thought mm, we might go down this route, having just had the the comment about them being bi and this being, you know, such a big thing, to then almost immediately put them into a heteronormative relationship does seem a bit like, oh, come on, Disney, you've had, you know, cake and eat it here. But then I was thinking about it and, you know, you do have, and this is where I, I'm not qualified, but where you do have, you know, bisexual men who fall in love with women and, and bisexual women who fall in love with men. And that doesn't erase their being bi because the whole bi and if being you talk both. about Yeah. If you, if you talk about representation, it's certainly something you see significantly less yeah. and certainly not yeah. without it being the butt of a joke. Yeah, that's exactly my take on it. It is it's a fairly unusual thing in mainstream yeah. media. Someone being bi is they used to ha- go with opposite sex people, and now they're with same sex people yeah. because they're secretly gay but don't want to say that. Something on those lines. Yeah. This feels slightly different. So on the one hand, yes, actually it could be quite interesting representation, but also how convenient it's also the easy one for Marvel to do. But I ship it. <laughs> My issue is that it doesn't matter what gender the other person is, they haven't worked the portrayal of a Loki sufficiently for it to be sufficiently narcissistic to fall into the concept of, well, let's stick with self-cess, because Matthew brought it up before we started recording, and it's a popular fandom tag. Um, yeah, that's they... why I didn't want to use it. <laughs> why? It's a perfect description of the scenario we're in here, because they haven't sufficiently differentiated self-cess from incest. All you have are two completely separate characters with completely separate lives and the same parents. And what they did was introduce a canon bisexual character and make it weird. And all I would like to do is just say, don't make it weird. Absolutely no problem mm. with them going for the heteronormative appearance, and goodness knows there could have there could continue to be. We talked about you know the bisexual conversations that people have, and all of that stuff with Mobius sort of very explicitly teasing Loki about these things can absolutely mm. fall into one of those conversations that is incredibly awkward for a bisexual person who's happened to be too near somebody of the opposite gender for someone else in the room to process that in any other way. So there's lots of really interesting things you can do, but I'm just saying their concept of a Loki, it would work if Tom Hiddleston was playing the other Loki, perhaps presenting as a non-binary Loki or a or as a female Loki or as a, just a different Loki. Mm-hmm. That works. So you don't think that they've played played up enough how similar the two characters are? I don't think they've made them similar at all. They've told us they're similar, but I don't. I don't. There's, there's nothing there for me to suggest that, that they're the same character, that they're the same person, because they're not. They just have the same parents. That's really interesting, because one of my issues with it is that they have made them so similar. That, that <laughs> opening, <laughs> But that opening on Asgard is showing us that Sylvie grew up on Asgard in the same place, doing the same sorts of things as our Loki. They are up to that point that she diverged and went down a different path because of the intervention of the TVA, were on the same path completely. And it, it, it is 
it, it would feel like a better fit if they had shown us fundamental differences. Thor didn't exist, or Hela was still around, and Asgard was a different place. They were still on the land of the Frost Giants. Jodenheim. Jodenheim, thank you very much. That was much. a great place, Matthew. <laughs> Teamwork. <laughs> Love it. What, what, what um, land? <laughs> um, yeah, if, if they'd made them very different, I think it would be less weird. But because the stuff that we're seeing is that they are, certainly up until a certain point, the same character, hmm, well, I think it does fall into that point of they've spent a long time together talking and bonding and running along with it, holding their hands. So everyone automatically goes, ah, ship. I just feel like a radically different species sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> we did all watch the same programme, yeah. I may not have. I've seen it twice as well. I, I made an effort because I thought I'm going to have, I, I have strong feelings here. And as I say, I spent a lot of time on it. So I double checked what I was watching. Hmm. As I say, we went and watched Only Lovers Left Alive just so I could see what Tom Hiddleston looks like. <laughs> sort of sexy with Tilda Swinton. Do you not think he's sexy, Loki? Kind of. Yeah. This Loki, I not, do. Not, not, in a, not in a good way. <laughs> Oh, you're gonna have to expand on that one. Oh, just it's it's just like it's not good. It's not gonna be a healthy relationship. Oh no, I don't think it'd ever it's be. It's not gonna go. It's not gonna go well. It's not. I'm not sure the vampire just one would at be it going, very well, healthy. This is all. This is all inevitable, isn't it? It's just he's just a very inevitable kind of sexy, and he does also have some of that kind of public school sexy, which is specific. Let's say. Yeah, I know. Mm. It's. Yeah, he's a very but. But then I was saying, if you contrast him as this traditionally dressed Loki with Loki in the suit on the plane in the first episode, mm. Bond Loki, as I like to refer to him, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was sexy. Yeah. Mm. So, so yeah, I have found a quote from the writer, which I don't think you're going to like. I have probably seen it, but I'm also not sure I believe it either. Okay. I will share to see whether please Matthew please share with and the, the listeners. <laughs> you ready, class? So Michael Waldron, the um, what are they calling them? Head writer. The look that they share that moment. It started as a blossoming friendship. And then for the first time, they both feel that twinge of oh, could this be something more? What is this I'm feeling? These are two beings of pure chaos that are the same person falling in love with one another. That's a straight up and down branch. Exactly the sort of thing that would terrify the TVA. I mean, sure. Conceptually, I feel like that might be a plan. If it, I just, I just think if that was going to be your story and that was the performance you got from your actors and you're directing this, then you did a bad job. If if that's what I'm supposed to take from what we've seen, then the show has done a bad job. Not necessarily because I need to get like the whole thing, yeah, but just something, some hint. <laughs> and and I think this is a judgment that. We shall return to. Yeah, yes. I think episodes five and six are needed. Here. I think. Six, yeah, I, I think so. To be clear, I'm not suggesting that I think they're already both, you know, Romeo and Juliet or anything about this, but it, it's more just as that kind of first inkling of, ooh, what? You've heard of Romeo and Juliet, yeah? <laughs> Juliet. It's yes. a really good film. You should watch it. Believe me, yes, I've heard siblings. of Romeo and Juliet, and everyone dies and they die yes, after know. knowing each other for a week yes thank like, you that is not a good example of a a proper relationship did i say it they're was not a ross and rachel did I say it? no wait oh. <laughs> i didn't say it was a proper relationship i mean like that intense 
I must die for you now. I'm not suggesting they're there. <laughs> I would die for Riley. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> they're, they're not identical boyfriends. Um, but they, I, I do that kind of like early tingling. Ooh, and then, so, you know, if there's a good chance we're going to die, perhaps we ought to mention something about this instead of perhaps in normal circumstances, you go, well, let's just wait and see what happens. There are definitely Doctor Who episodes where this happens and inexplicably the Doctor is suddenly now in love with somebody oh, something, yeah. somewhere something and that's kind of when I stopped watching Doctor Who I think because it's just really tiring um we've talked I think on every episode about I'm clearly completely tangenting and taking us into a different direction now uh we've talked on pretty much every episode about the idea of the man behind the curtain mm-hmm. and the Wizard of Oz thing uh I think you even referenced it earlier Abby I think there's an implication that there is no man behind the curtain there were some AI androids keeping going what was once started so there's there's maybe a history lesson to come probably from Ravonna but there's no necessarily and I suspect there will be because it's Marvel and they love a big bad but there is no big bad there is no master plan this is just a thing that got started once and is still going I thought it might be Loki and and yeah it absolutely could be this is the thing they could go in several directions here and and that's, you know, it's not as interesting as what her Nexus event was, but it is quite interesting to see, is there a person behind the curtain? Yeah. Is there an explanation actually going on here? Well, there's, there's got to be some explanation for the androids and the yeah. pretense, and, and Ravon has certainly been talking to someone. And I just thought the laughter as they sort of crumbled yeah, was indicative of there being something somewhere okay. behind. Mm. that it, it seemed to sort of echo through even as the crumbling was occurring. Yeah. No, mm. I, I like that, to be honest, I'd be happy with either, th- either theory if they play it. Mm. Either theory if they play out. The idea either that it's just, you know, the technology is just, and the, the system, the machine mm. of the TBA has just kept going and the timekeepers died off long ago. Or the idea that there is a puppet master behind. I imagine we are going to go puppet master because, as you say, big bad. And yeah, that's a really good point with the laughing. That really does suggest mm. something a bit more so you know if we got kang have we got a loki um i love uh, something i've seen going around that it's all miss minutes <laughs> she's the dark power behind the throne oh how good would that be that would be amazing i saw that someone someone one of those funko pop somethings comes with a little mm. miss minutes and i was just like that's the first one of those i've wanted for a while <laughs> little miss minutes that's that's that'd be good on your desk wouldn't it that was quite a fun one but yeah when um, when Ravenna went into the the chamber with them i mean straight away it was kind of well they're fake they're you know they <laughs> just but i i did love that 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 was in there and that there was that reveal yeah. and that that it wasn't just a bloke wasn't behind saved desk. anymore well that there was something and that it was kind of grand and it wasn't this weird room with with all of these shapes and details mm. and Really different lighting yeah. from the rest of the show. It's not a bisexual run, that one. No, no, no. Uh, very conservative. <laughs> I, I feel like it's disassembling sort of proper comic book tropes. You have the... Are they the Guardians in Green Lantern? The Watchers, whatever they're called, in, on in, on Oa? And they have this, you know, sitting in a circle looking down on everyone from their great things and they look all unusual and stuff. You have the Watchers in... Um, the Marvel Universe and other creatures of this thing that's, that's often done so heavily mm. and never questions. And I sort of like that the first time we introduced that, we're going, something else is going on here. This doesn't actually happen. 
Yeah, trying to make cool. it a bit more grounded. Mm. I did love um someone pointed out that the uh, what are they called? Falcon and Bucky called it on the big three. Androids, alien and wizards. <laughs> but these are the first androids, aren't they? I don't really think Ultron's an android, he was a robot. Vision. Oh crap, yeah. <laughs> There's been a few of them oh, as well, hasn't there? Whilst, whilst we're <laughs> listing things, can we just briefly, because, I mean, they came up in the tangent of Only Lovers Left Alive, but vampires in the TV. Yes! Mm-hmm. Our Marvel mm-hmm. vampires. Bring me the show. I know, Buffy crossover. Well, I know. At some point, there will be the Blade, whatever yeah. they're doing. A very good point. Film a very good point. With Mahershala Ali. And yeah. the, I think, is it the, the director or writer of Candyman? Got that one? Yes. I think the director, director maybe, yeah, of the sure. of the Candyman think, remake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so she should do an interesting style. Oh uh, yeah. Um, yeah. We're not counting Morbius, because that's in the Sony version. Yes. And he's going to confuse us with Mobius M. <laughs> yes. You already <laughs> gave me that. <laughs> yes. But exciting. Yeah. I thought. No, and then let's have a bit of yeah. vampire confirmation. In... And, and the little reference to Titans. Yes. Yeah. Mm. The cream. Mm. Oh, the Kree. The Kree are also there. Yeah, always around. Um, so just while we're in the the throne room, mm-hmm. I love the back-to-back Loki fighting. I want yes, I wanted a, a nice bit more of that. Yeah, they kind of split up a bit yeah. too quickly. Um, and it really, I went on my second watch, I thought, ah, I know why I like this so much. It's because it's The Last Jedi. The throne room. Yep, just about, yep. It's that fight, basically. Yeah. It, except... I said it last week, I'm going to have to say it again this week. I hate the way they fight with these pruning sticks, because <laughs> yes. you just need to tap them. Not any of this swashbuckling lightsabery stuff. I did at least like that we had some pushing the stick away. Like, yeah. there was some awareness of the jeopardy of the end but of the They were stick, flipping but... them around and going like, I'm going to fight you with a pointy yeah. bit. No, fight them with so a I mean, bit that yeah. finishes them They're instantly. not also vampires. <laughs> just hit them in the shin, you know. Just pat them gently <laughs> on the outstretched hand. You know, yeah. yeah. All three of you rush them at once. One of you is going to get hit in. Trust me, lads. You know. Exactly. <laughs> anyway. Just all you know, sorts out. It's just yeah. It was. Yeah, there's still some choices in in some of the fight choreography that mm. people are doing. Um, also, uh, timekeepers said to um delete, not prune, which I thought oh. was an interesting note. Mm. Yes. Just as a sidebar there, so I wonder okay. if prune means something means. different. And yeah. Just yeah. Just again, you know, given that we've used one word throughout. Yeah, what was the word that Ravonna used in the room with Mobius and Loki? I feel like it was prune. Mm. Oh, as in to Mobius? Yeah, but she said prune. And no, she, she, no, she gave a command to the Stormtrooper dude. Yeah, to prune she Mobius. Prune him. Yeah, to yeah. Was it prune him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Mm, how interesting. Okay. Yeah. And his last words were jet ski. <laughs> That's the thing. It's, as soon as we got to that, you're like, oh, I know where this is going. Um, one would on, hope on. that he's not gone. No, I, I mean, it really made me gasp. I was properly mm. like, what? Genuinely surprised. I yeah. did shout a no. <laughs> um, but I, even before we saw the post credits or the mid credit scene, I thought we're going to see him again. There's going to be another variant or something. Mm-hmm. We'll see him living his life on his jet ski. I'm sure. Hopefully so. On a similar point, I was very glad we didn't see Hunter B-15's memories. 
Yes. Anything they show me is not going to be as good as what I can imagine for her. No. Also, what a wonderful piece of face acting. Oh, my God. Mm. A Blade Runner feelings in the rain. Absolutely yeah. nailed on. Fantastic. But this was good. <laughs> it's like you don't want me on the podcast. Who would I argue with, Abby? Who would I argue with? No arguments to be had here. It's all fine. To be, to be fair, that is a good moment in Blade Runner. It's a great moment. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's, in Blade moment Runner. it's in Blade Runner. In a two and a quarter hour film. Yeah. Uh, no, um, B, B15 made me cry. Yes. Yeah. And I've not, just, as I've said, I've not done stunning. much crying at all in low-key, but this, that really did. And the change really in, in the tone of her voice, I thought, was remarkable like a really nice choice i thought because they change it for this well maybe they change it again but she seemed to have a different voice in this whole episode so since she's had that experience mm. with mm-hmm. sylvie like when mm. she's asking mobius about like what's the unlocked. other one doing like, yeah it's it's much softer mm. i think she's been fantastic yeah that's why i thought the whole thing of their planning their maskers was just her pretending to be the hunter she's supposed to be not necessarily that is her as a character. Yeah. But even She's so, like, it just what, felt really... What would I say here? Well, I... <laughs> not that. <laughs> just not that. It was still a weird thing to say. Okay. <laughs> it just... It was, yeah, I felt like she's more competent than that. Even in a state of pretense and po- possibly remembering past trauma. I felt like she's more competent than that. And on interesting action acting from people we saw briefly, Jamie Alexander's back. Yes, Seth. Hmm. Oh. I hated that scene. Oh, really? Oh, why was it? Oh, it was really annoying. I just... You go to all this extent to bring Sif back to just kind of have this really odd <laughs> sequence, which is designed to teach Loki something, or just to be kicked in the balls a lot. Why did he cut her hair off that? Because like, cause he thought it was funny, a grown is Loki. Is it... It, I just thought it was all weak and weird, and I was just watching that, going, "This is, this is a really different feel of show from this thing that's been kind of subtle and interesting, and you know, funny and deep." And now you've just kind of got a man being repeatedly kicked in the balls because he thought it'd be funny to cut a woman's hair but that off. Wasn't, and you just kind of go, "But, but for me, that wasn't the thing. It was the yes, it was the kicking in the balls and what have you, which obviously Sif's going to do because she's Sif. She's going to Sif, but." It was more the for me. It was more the you're alone and you're all you deserve to be and you're always going to be alone. And the but breaking him down. But what a weird thing down. to say to someone who's cut your hair off. <laughs> why was why were those the words that she would say? Well, I think if you've somebody got somebody randomly cut hair off, you've got. I don't think, but I mean, it's not like that's the first time Loki's done something annoying to her. And I think it's no. more a case of look, you are you odious little man. You don't deserve to have anybody, you know, and and I mean she's completely pressing his buttons because as, as he then admits that's his his fear. Yeah. I wonder if I just take against people sort of using you're going to be be alone. You deserve to be alone as as a weapon. And then again, I know we already addressed about that being kind of key to Loki's sort of sense mm. of identity and and so on. I just thought it was just really odd. Mm just again it, it just it felt quite jarring um and it went on for such a long time <laughs> really such a long time so i liked it for that because i i enjoyed seeing him trying different ways mm. to work the problem and get out of it and clearly it was not going to happen because he even says to her you're a simulation who's designed to do one thing please help me no she's a simulation designed to do one thing she's going to do that thing um yeah. 
I think that... also Sif as a design simulation was a bit annoying because I feel like she still never really got to be a full character. No, this was absolutely a cameo from a character who has not been in it for too long. Yeah. Who was wasted in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and then got her own series, so was allowed to go off and do the series rather than appear in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, I don't know if we know if we're seeing her in Thor 4. More Thor? Don't know. <laughs> Um, but I, I enjoyed having it back. I, I liked that it was, it, it was that low key, pun not intended, sorry, but that small mischief that we don't feel we've ever seen from yeah. him, but is implied to have always been there. And it just, at some point it escalates and escalates to him taking over from Odin and becoming evil. And, may, and maybe it's even an implication for what we might get with kid Loki, if we want to extrapolate that young Loki was still this sort of mischievous scamp. Is that being a mischievous scamp or is that just being an arse? I think he's also an arse. Hmm. I mean, yeah, I suppose this is the thing as well, is we haven't really decided what what sort of mischief things are. I don't know, I just, I just thought it was crappy. Okay. <laughs> I just, oh no! I, I did like it as a variant on uh, the thing that happened in Angel with one of the characters being trapped in a hell dimension with his innards being cut out every day. That that sort of Sisyphean task, yeah. but not a task. It's an actual punishment. Um, Prometheus. Hmm. Speaking of, when we were talking about the self cest, I w- I did intend to bring in Alien Covenant, which is if you're going to do it, do it right. <laughs> <laughs> because that's a great example of how it can be done extremely well. Back to, back to creepy androids. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, that's the that's the same as the hell dimension. But have you ever seen Lucifer? A little no. bit. Yeah, so that's how hell mm. works there. Is that it's this repeated, awful time experience in your life, and you just can never escape it. Right. I think when we also the time theater was a really interesting concept because we, previously we had kind of Loki being shown things not in the time theater. So mm-hmm. I I wondered how it might have been if we'd seen him experience these things in the time theatre and some kind of replay. I thought it was interesting to have another way mm. of experiencing past events that, that the TVA has more than one mm. situation for that. I, I was quite curious by that and I, I still find myself quite interested in the whole sort of structure and scope and expanse of the TVA. And their, their use of torture as a method of interrogating someone. Yeah. Well, was quite interesting. You know. I, I, I was quite interested that there was a, I can't remember exactly what he said but the, the reaction from um, Mobius was something like I ought to box your ears Yeah, <clears throat> and again just a sort of casual throw away of violence at times with them mm. um, Sylvie was was trapped in time theatre 47 and 47 is an important number to Star Trek fans 47 was there was a whole research done that all numbers are equal to 47 and one of the people doing that research became a writer on Star Trek and the n- number 47 appears in most episodes of Star Trek, about half of them, I think. What a wonderful thing. I love mm. that. That's so nice. So any time the number 47 crops up in something, I'm like, that's someone who knows the thing. Well, I did <laughs> notice that it was so specifically number 47, and mm. I thought, I wonder if there's a thing. So I'm thrilled that there, in fact, was a thing. Yeah. That is, that is on my mm. notes. So why did um, Sylvie get to just sit with her feet up? <laughs> another great question. But then, did she? Well, she wasn't in a time cell, was she? What I thought was a bit interesting was when um, 
Mobius comes and speaks to Hunter B-15, she's just been saying, are you okay? To one of the guards. Oh, did she? Yeah, it's weird. yeah there's an implication that Sylvie has been fighting. Mm. And gotten some licks in, as it were. Okay. Because I think he's holding a like ice to his mouth or something. Ah, mm. uh, I Mm. I only watched it once. Good, good pick. Because there was rugby on. And I had uh, to put the rugby on. And then I had to turn the rugby off before it finished because we were losing badly. Oh, <laughs> it's really been a great deal of sport this week, hasn't it? It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a design classic this week. <gasps> good, I was going to ask. like to return to this feature. Yes. Well, well, my wife has not let you down. Um, and there, there is only one because really, you know, there weren't a lot of classics in the room with the androids. But, but in the room with uh, Mobius... And Loki having that interrogation. There was the Batoya side chair, Harry Batoya for Noll. I think I'm, I'm holding it up. I mean, I can send it to the group chat. We'll I would, because all I can my... see is white. No, no, my camera really does not. Like... Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, send it to me so I can gonna... put it in the notes. <laughs> I, I will send it to you to put in the notes, but I'd just like to tell you that it was designed by uh, Italian designer Christoph Pillet as universal, timeless, and absolutely necessary. Which I as all things should be. Nearly nine hundred quid. Oh my god! Timeless in the TVA. Mm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, also from the Conrad shop. They seem to have got a lot of things from the Conrad shop. Home of design classics. Sponsor us. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Um, but yeah, there, there are a surprising amount of things from the TVA available in the Conrad shop. So I, I just <laughs> think that's really quite interesting. Nice. Um, yeah, see, I, I was pleased that that was there. It doesn't look like the most comfortable chair I've ever seen, but it is also that one where there's one in kind of wings version, but that might have been too luxurious. For the TV. <laughs> there you go. Nice. So, anyone else make any notes? Should we look at Should we look at our notes? See if there's anything. Anything else? Uh, I did want to follow up on something that we talked about last week. I I really liked the use of the word "full" to describe Loki being. Uh, being drunk, being inebriated. Um, one of our wonderful listeners at Sophie Sunday seven seven seven, Aunt Sophie on Twitter, reached out to say that the word "full" is the Norwegian word for being drunk, so it totally fits. "Full," I think, might be majestic pronunciation, but <laughs> I adore that as a small thing. That is the sort of attention to detail that makes me love a show. It's very cool. Absolutely. So, very pleased to have heard that. And thank you, Aunt Sophie, for sharing that with us. Thank you very kindly. I had just some random bits. Um, Loki's an LGBT plus Disney prince, which I really like. As uh, <laughs> I think he must be the first one that we know of, anyway. Um, there, there was also this thing. Do you remember? Like there was this thing with conservative politicians and their power stance. <laughs> yes. 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 So oh, is it the? No. Is it the end? Okay, so for for international the listeners, episode, yeah. but, um... oh, don't link to that in the show notes. You don't <laughs> trust us. You don't need to see it. Trust us, please. So, there was this really weird thing with conservative politicians where Syed Javid, Theresa May, who was our prime minister, and George Osborne, who was our chancellor, would stand incredibly widely stanced at conferences when they were presenting, and it was this kind of power stance. And at the end of the last episode, which they recapped this time, and then uh, towards the beginning of this episode, Hiddleston is like, it's like he's trying to do the splits while standing up, and it just made me yeah. think of that. 
I, I said exactly the same thing when we came to it this time as well. And, and I think because I'd seen the pictures going up as people saying, isn't it weird how conservative politicians look like Ronaldo taking a free kick? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't believe that it's not intentional. I mean, it is such a stance. It is such well, a... And, a, and a, just the particular... I'm going to show you... I'm going to send you a picture of, of Hiddleston at a different event and he's doing it there as well. Oh, no. Hmm. Maybe they. Maybe it's something you learn. He's he's quite tall. He does need a a wide. What in case he tips over? It's, it's, of well, he sort of looks like he's going to tip over anyway. It, it comes does. with it a kind of like, hip thrust. It looks like a stiff wind. <laughs> Knock him over, frankly. Oh dear! But he'd he's done his. So, do you know he's what? So though? slender. You say this. We talked about the Marvel bulk early on. I'm seeing no evidence of this. Like I, I wonder if Did there was, was supposed CGI? to be. CGI bulk I'm, in that one scene? No. I feel I feel like there was supposed to be a higher level of physique, but there's a chance that between plague shoots it dropped off somewhat. There's there's a point when he did uh Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yeah. That his shoulders and arms get broader and he's sort of stuck at that point now. <laughs> but before that he had that sort of very lean David Bowie dancers sort of physique. Yeah, that's sort of the, the opposite of, of the Marvel look. Yeah. Which Match. which is good, yeah, and it works for Loki. It's the right look. It's the right look for a Loki. It's it's the right look if Richard E. Grant is going to play the old you, you know. That sure fits him well. Can we talk now again? Now you've properly seen it about what a great shirt that it is, is. A very good shirt. How does he get the tie on? It makes no sense. It because the well, whole thing. Well, it's sort of like a down. Mobius loop in itself, isn't it? Maybe the tie is built in. The, the tie it comes with tie already attached. I it's like it's like it. when you have to feed a, a, a wire through a long hole between cupboards or something. You have to put a bit of string on the end so you can pull that back through. You know. <laughs> right, I've sent. It you, is like that. I've sent you evidence of his stance outside the role of Loki. Okay. Oh no, poor Tom. Uh, what else have we got? Oh, there's a cool thing, um, which is my gender balance moment. Uh, is Sofia Di Martino's costume was modified with concealed zips so she could uh, breastfeed and pump milk while she was filming? Um, and she was thanking the female costume designers. So gender balance. Actually, probably need more male costume designers, but in this case, uh, I thought that was <laughs> I, very I, good. I, to and see. I love the the way she shared that was. With a picture demonstrating yeah. it, not being shy of the fact she's wearing a bra and a full leather outfit thing, yeah. showing how well it works. Like, good on her. That's you know to be celebrated. I also yeah. just think anything that sort of is is functional design for actors. I mean, I am all for always taking all opportunities to improve design. And I think if you think of costume design as an opportunity to be kind of the Formula One of fashion, like mm. not everyone is going to do everything here. But also, if you've got a chance to invent a really cool functional mm-hmm. cat suit for a breastfeeding mother, why wouldn't you? <laughs> Just why wouldn't you do it? Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. you know, let actors pee. But well, exactly. That, when when yeah. you think of Michelle Pfeiffer and stuff, like oh, the stuff they've had to go through. Yeah. 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 Mm. We we have come a long way into beginning to think that actors might be you know human and it's astonishing but you know creepy androids it's, it's well I think it's it's nice to see progress in front and behind the camera yeah hmm. which I think we've certainly had a reasonable amount of thus far in many areas of Loki so good I I'm always here for noting any more of those things what would you like to see next week Laura more of the same. <laughs> <laughs> 
nice. more excitement, more making me cry, more. I, I kind of don't. I mean, obviously, I care where it goes, but I'm really open <laughs> to where it goes. Um, I think it's interesting that we kind of had the that we're all waiting for the multiverse to kick off, as in the the multiverse of madness. You know, oh, it was going to happen in one division. Oh no, it's uh, going to happen. And I thought it had happened when they bombed, when she bombed um, the timeline, but that seems to have been tidied away. So I, yeah, I would like to still see quite a bit of Tom Hiddleston on, on screen because I'd like seeing Tom Hiddleston on screen. Um, I definitely want to see more of these other Lokis. You know, I don't want that being put to bed until the final episode. <laughs> I definitely need to find out. I want to know if Crokey speaks. I assume he's going to speak. So um, I think that will be interesting. Um, I want more of this amazing music. I'm oh, falling was some in love wonderful with the music. music. Was it, was it when they went into the Timekeeper's bit and we got a new theme yes. and there was some really fresh synth and, and I was just, just there going, yes. Did you see we're getting an album of uh, episodes yes. one to three? Tomorrow. And a subsequent album of, is it tomorrow? I saw someone talking it's, about it and they said tomorrow. I'm so ready. I am, yeah. Take my money. It's, yep, will purchase. Um, I'm thinking of selling my theremin. I haven't touched it in years. That's a perfect joke. Perfect joke. Keep it That's in. That's pretty good. I, I like love that. it. <laughs> Glorious. What a joke. It's not. It's not every show you can tell a theremin joke in the I am, podcast. I, I am about to text my dad that one's related. Don't worry. So. I'll probably I send it to mine as well. Very much. I can't credit anyone because it was someone writing about some having heard it somewhere. So it wasn't. Okay. Well, nice. whoever did it, thank you. Um. I really like just the Mobius saying, you know, you can be good just in case no one's ever told you that. Mm. And the little smile from Loki. I thought that was sweet. It's a really nice analogue to Odin's I'm not as strong as you. Yes, no, you can be stronger. It had had that weight to it. Like you say, someone actually saying to him, you might be made the god of mischief and Bacchanalian, whatever else you're the god of. You can also be a good one. Yeah. I think Ooh. that this is one of the things that I would sort of like to see at, at some point in Loki, the show. I would like to see Loki, the Loki, existing and, and not simply being in a, in a series of things to which he reacts. I would like to see what he would do with choices. I would mm. like to see who he is now and, and what, you know, goodness or mischief looks like to the Loki that we have because. It really is a, a series of, of responsive events, and, and that makes sense mm-hmm. in the story that we have. But it's interesting that Loki has always been that character who is sort of that particular clause in the sentence that, that isn't really doing his own acting a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I would like I would like to get far enough through his story that we can see more about who he is now and who he could be. Mm-hmm. Um not just people telling him his potential, perhaps. So with that in mind, one of the things I've been wondering about is, do you think that we're going to see Hiddleston Loki after the end of this series? Bloody hope so. Because there's a lot of Lokis in play now, so, you know, even though we've got season two coming... I'd be very angry if we don't. I don't think we will see him in the MCU outside of the Loki series. Yeah, the I Loki. Agree with it, that. It, it, I think this might go in the direction of Agents of Shield. It might interact with the MCU in the same way Agents of Shield visited Greenwich just after Thor two. 
yeah. and had shenanigans with that and Agent Sif and so on. But actually, I think it will, this will be where we will continue Loki. It's interesting how all the Lokis we're meeting are different Lokis. It's not Tom Hiddleston at other times. Yeah. It's a different Loki. So they're doing very much, this is this Loki. We know where his path went and this is the one variant of that one. And if he meets another Loki, it's a... You know, had Yeah, exactly. Had a fundamental difference somewhere. So it's a, a different genome, effectively. The, the DNA and the structure of that Loki is different. I mean, all of them could be Tom Hiddleston Lokis that have shapeshifted. I don't think they are. I wouldn't mind seeing it, though. I would not also, and that's what I'm saying. If that's what it was, I'd be a lot happier than with what we have. It means but, you can have Tom Hiddleston Loki and Abby can have sexy, pretending to be sexy Tom Hiddleston Loki. Yes, I can. That would be whatever. fine. It with, will all work for me. Yes. yes. <laughs> it will all be fine. Um, I was just wondering if, you know, thinking it, what a second season of this might look like, if even if Loki isn't perhaps, even if our Loki variant Loki is not the Loki in charge now. Maybe we could end up with Loki running the TVA. I would like that. I just, I think, when you think about what he could be and what we have been shown, and talking about things like working the problem and being good at solving things, I really like the idea of Loki kind of unmischiefing mm. other people's mischief and, and fixing it and taking this kind of perverse pleasure in putting the world back in order. Wouldn't that be a twist? You, you asked what we wanted to see next in this. That's what I'm hoping episode five is. I'm hoping it's, this is New York if you won the Battle of New York and see uh, how terrible the world became when that happened. And then we get to see King Loki on Asgard and actually it's terrible and there's no one left because they all ran away. And then Hela rocked up and destroyed him anyway. And I, I'm hoping we get some sort of now, a little bit like we had with Wanda going through mm. moments of her past. We're going to go through variants of Loki and see the alternative possibilities that happen. And yes, they do end up alone, but surviving. And the reason that they can change this now is by forming Team Loki, the Loki Avengers, <laughs> and, and you know, forming a squad. Uh, and if season two is just the Loki squad fixing <laughs> stuff through space and time. Right. Oh, every episode of Fresh Loki. <laughs> so that suggested that both of those scenarios suggest that the TVA um, survives, or you know, even exists as a thing. That the resource, that yeah, that's what I yeah. mean. Yeah, mm. <laughs> yes, both of both of those do, or that it could, if it doesn't currently. Um, on on the alligator Loki, I mm. I do want to say I think our friends on Nature Finds a Way might be pleased with me because I did look at it and go, it's a wider snout. That means it's an alligator. Hey. I, oh. <laughs> I um, looked up. Somebody got some. Um, I can't even know what the right word for the type of scientists are, but they got a couple of scientists to confirm. Yes, that is an American alligator. Yeah, because I did see someone else also saying, "Is it Komodo dragon?" Definitely. Yeah, a number yeah. of people saying it's Komodo dragon. Yeah. Um, there was a very good point I saw. I think on a review somewhere that probably Den of Geek was the one I tend to read. Um, that said, Marvel does have a habit of getting big actors to come and do voice acting yeah for things so this is why yeah i'm i think he's going to talk and also a loki without a voice it is it's not loki. loki yeah yeah but yeah it would be very cool if this was someone big uh coming to do it i, I would enjoy that very much helen merrin hmm. <laughs> 
That's true. I'm Judy saying Dench. Lee. It's not necessarily. I, I wanted it? Alison an Janney as a Loki. Yeah, yeah, we could, we could, we could, yeah, couldn't we? That'd be nice. Maybe Melissa McCarthy, has she been in the Marvel Universe? No. Not impossible. Mm. I feel like mm. she could probably do better. Well, no, I say do better. Who could do better than Alligator Loki? Is there a better role <laughs> in the Marvel Cinematic Universe than Alligator Loki? Let's not, let's not do them down before we've even started. Um, I was going to say, uh, Loki through space and time. Season two, just lots more Loki. <laughs> Loki season two, Lokia. <laughs> oh, Love no. It. Um, no, what I was going to say was, you know how in season two, it is always that thing of like the new boss, like whether it's like Battlestar Galactica or like, season five of the west wing or something like there's always like the new boss motif and i really would i've always wanted one of the protagonists to be the new boss in in the thing in that that is agents of shield yeah well i still can't remember anything about agents of shield because it's largely (laughs) in in gray mcu world i think like the last four seasons it's a different director of shield yeah who is it we'll take it in turns what's a different person each time yeah oh really Mm. Uh, oh see that's not as interesting (laughs) <laughs> oh, I want to see them struggling long term with the with the oh, I would just want more Loki and bureaucracy. Actually, I think I think that's what <laughs> I just want stamping. Loki and yeah, Loki <laughs> rubber stamping, Loki rubber stamping, filing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that'll be good. Um, do we think that Sylvie will continue outside this series, or is she this episode's variant? This series. Variant? I I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. think we're going to see her beyond this. I don't know. I don't think we're going to see her in the MCU, but as a broader MCU, I don't know if they might bring her back for the second season. It very much depends what happens. Mm. Yeah, we are, we are, you know. Which is a really obvious statement to make, but you know what I mean. A third of the season still left to see exactly what comes And it's it's interesting. Hmm. A third of the season, because it just feels like they've they've packed in many Mm. threads, many things, many concepts. Quite a few of which I thought were completely other things. So this is going to be great. I can't wait to see what I get wrong next week. So, <laughs> so do we think by the end of this episode that we will have the madness? I, I'm not expecting the multiverse of madness specifically, necessarily, in, in this series. But I wonder if it might be one of those things that becomes obvious as you begin to watch Doctor Strange. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that it's kind of supposed to be a feeder. And I, even if it's like a post credit sequence, like it might be that kind of pull back. And then you get that sort of next layer, mm. whether that's who's actually behind the TVA, if that's something they keep for the end, or, I mean, I, I think again in um, the interview with with the head writer that you mentioned, or I think, or no, was it? Maybe it's even this Twitter thread, Matthew, that you linked to earlier from the episode writer Eric Martin. He said that um, that Marvel were a bit nervous about them doing the Timekeeper stuff in this episode, but then they saw where they were going and they thought it was it was fine. So yeah. Can't wait to see where we're going. Yeah, yeah. I I think by the end of this, the TVA will have been destroyed, and that if it doesn't immediately kick off the madness, there will be a hint towards that, which will then be picked up. Yeah. Because yeah. what film? Because the films we've got potentially could, between now and Doctor Strange, could quite happily go along without even if the madness has happened in this bit, because obviously Black Widow is is a, a prequel anyway. But we've got Eternals, which could be off somewhere else um and we've got and we've got spider-man which does have some kind of madness element we think doesn't it and that's mm-hmm. before doctor strange some sort of multiverse element mm-hmm. yeah and we've got shang 
Shang-Chi and the Legend Shang-Chi. of Ten Rings. Which we don't know when that's set, so it could be set earlier mm-hmm. before this all happens. I, I think I think one of the big things this show will give us is the language and knowledge, the the exposition about yeah. what some of this is and what some of it means, so that when we come to those films, they can save five, ten minutes of explaining Nexus events, variants, multiverse. Sacred yeah. timeline, yeah. Mm. It's interesting how in the three shows we've had to date, um, we have our protagonists with past and alternate versions of themselves. I mean, so you've got Wanda with her past self, Vision with his alternate self, Captain America, different Captain America, Loki, so many Lokis. I think it's interesting that even these three very separate, very different, differently made, quite far apart shows have such similar themes about identity mm. and instance of identity. And talking about kind of layering in and preparing people conceptually for things, I wonder also how much groundwork that could be for for a multiverse and preparing to manage not just a cast of many, many heroes mm. but a cast of many versions of many heroes yeah mm. i i think there is something in that, that that is a little bit the story that the mcu likes to tell about about the the road less traveled and the path not taken that kind of thing they yeah. they love that story and and you could argue most of the films certainly do that story somewhere somewhere but as mm. kind of the central theme mm-hmm. the point if you will it's interesting that those kind of have those mm-hmm. things in part i suppose as well you know it's it's um one actor double the content yeah <laughs> except in loki yeah <laughs> yeah well loki always had to go that step further didn't he <laughs> uh, that's why he gets to be a prince <laughs> spot the track no spot the sh- <laughs> scroll <laughs> Hmm? Spot the scroll. Spot the scroll. Did you spot a scroll? One well, I spotted a shrag. <laughs> Why do I keep saying that? Um, no, but I'm just curious, has anyone spotted one yet? I think it's going to be a post-credit scene one. I think they'll pop one in, because I think they're going to do one for each one. But um... <laughs> Something to look forward to. That was a very condescending <laughs> shake of your head, Matty. <laughs> I, I think I've said before, I don't think this yeah. this series will feed into that side of the stories they've got coming up. I think this is pointed towards the idea of the multiverse and what we're doing with that. Cool. But I do think that what's nice about it is that it is less important necessarily what the overall plot is than perhaps I felt it was for WandaVision. Like, the show is, is happening rather than constantly leading up to something and whilst I really hope that a lot of things are going to be the case because otherwise I'll have some feelings um, it, it is it's there, it's on the screen you don't necessarily need to worry about what's adding up, we talk about kind of there being a big bad and if there is one but you know we don't necessarily know whether or not there is one and this is two thirds of the way through, it's a long time not to name a big bad hmm. it's, it's, a, it's I think we're a long way from a network TV series, in a sense, oh, yeah. here, mm. and 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 I really like that um, Marvel is finding its televisual universe and its sort of chapterish storytelling feat. Um, okay, 
one one last question. I know we're heading towards a wrap up, but we are. But one last question. The the, the thing because we were about two thirds of the way through Wonder when they revealed about Agatha. Yes. I don't believe they would do a reveal that. Oh, by the way, this is Kang the Conqueror, and now let us give you ten minutes of exposition about who this person is. I think if there's going to be any reveal, it's to re-establish stuff we already know, or something that's going on, or people we've already met. I think this would be a really strange choice to go, and now let's introduce this new big thing. But am I way off here? Could they do it? Again, I just I don't think it's a television thing to do. Mm. Yeah, but this is television in the MCU. Mm. But but neither of the last two shows have done that. Well, they have. Um, I mean, the last episode they've definitely then set stuff up for for whatever the hell's coming next. Mm. I think if it is Kang, either we're going to see him early next episode so that he can actually, we can have some time with him, mm-hmm. or I think it's going to be right at the end. It's going to be one of those drops, and it and it. We see Kang, and it's revealed that we're in the... Um... Thank you. I'm so glad that me somehow circling my <laughs> finger out. <laughs> Have you seen that? I've not seen them yet, because I've seen people talk about them, but apparently there's pictures of this city in the quantum mm-hmm. realm. Yeah, that was the thing that I saw from a few weeks ago that reminded me and made me think, Yeah, oh, it's a bit like this city. Whether it actually is or not, whether it's just something they established in the design of the quantum realm. Yeah. That they're never going to deliver on. But that's the kind of thing I could see them dropping right at the end or post-credit or something. Mm. That would be fine. Zooming out and it's... Yes. And and then that then goes on to Ant-Man or whatever the hell we're going to see, if we're going to see Kang or what have you. Mm. But I, I really like the fact that I don't know what the hell's coming, but I feel secure in it. Mm-hmm. Versus with, you know, the writing on on Falcon and Winter Soldier, I'm trying to remember. I don't think we necessarily felt like we didn't know what was coming. I we think at the entirely end of, sure what was happening with the flag smashers, but I think at the end of episode four of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we were very much like, I mean, I nearly stopped watching. I think, and mm. I think, I think we have yeah. stronger concerns. I mean, I'm not yeah. in danger of stopping watching this show. Just no, no, this is I good. Mean, but I, I trust, I trust that this is going somewhere. Mm-hmm. That I'm hoping. Like I'm reasonably confident we'll be coherent at the end. Mm-hmm. Whether it's what I want or not, I don't know. Because normally when I'm kind of, oh, I have no idea where this is going, I'd be a little bit concerned because I'm normally quite good at picking up the threads. But they've kept it so open here that they, yeah, I, as we've well, said. The focus you know, is on it's... the central cast. Yeah. there's We don't have any contact. We, we don't know the TBA in the MCU. We don't know. Yeah. We don't have more information to go on. And even if you scour the comics, it's not really... So much more that is sufficiently connected. You know, it just could be anything. It it could be anything. Could go any which way. Anyone else have any more thoughts they would like to add this week? No, that is a no. Okay. Well, thank you very much for listening. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Eloquent Gushing. You can find me at this AE Shaw. You can find Laura at Laura Geeks Out, as I often do. And Matthew. At Matthew Vose, as I often do. (laughs) I don't remember.